Yeah, thank you, Lauren, so much for having me on Inspiring Mompreneurs. I am always like super excited to chat to you. And so, yeah, thank you very much for having me. And yeah, what can I say? I am a mom, um, but then I'm also a whole lot of other things. Uh, so I am a marketer kind of by day. And, and then by night, I do a lot of writing. Well, actually it's turned into one of those where I'm doing it at like five o'clock in the morning, I'm doing a lot of writing. So um, it shifts and it changed, but I squeeze writing in and around the rest of life. And um, I do a bit of yoga as well. I sometimes teach teach that. And uh, yeah, so building a book business, I suppose, is kind of where I'm aiming. Oh, and I do a podcast as well, which you've been on and which was fantastic. So to have you on. So yeah, that kind of sums it up, I guess. The end of an era. That's it. Yes. Right. Okay. So that one here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yes. Thank you. So there is, it's actually, yes, 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 it's actually done, um, mm, which is very exciting. Um, but there's been an interest from a publisher. And so I have, I've, I'm kind of sitting on it at the moment, waiting for their feedback. So it could go either way. Whatever it is, the book will come out and um, I will either self-publish it again because... I like it and the beta readers gave good feedback. So, so I think that's definitely coming up or it'll be published, which yeah, who knows how long that will take. So, so yeah, so we're going to wait and see, I will hopefully know end of October. So who knows, we'll either be doing another one of these where we are kind of launching a book, me, myself and I, um, or we are um, talking about the publishing process maybe. So um, yeah, it is very exciting and it's, and it's very cool. Thank you. Yeah. No, actually, mm -mm, no, I think that's, that's a, I think if you marry in keys, <laughs> they do. But if you're not Marion Keys, yeah, exactly. Like, um, no, the mere mortals of this world. Uh, I've actually spoken to a few other uh, published South African authors who are traditionally published, and they often say that they have to kind of almost resubmit their work. So sure, they aren't going through the kind of unsolicited process where there's 50,000 people clamoring, you know, for that one book deal. Um, they obviously do have, you know, an in and possibly an agent and all of that. But um, they do have to pitch their work each and every time. So they don't just get automatically uh, given anything. Yeah. So it, it, it is. Yeah, yeah, because the book is set in South Africa once again, so it made the most sense. 
um, and also to apply to international publishers one needs an agent, which is a whole other process where you also almost have to pitch yourself to an agent um, before they will then take your book on and, and pitch it to publishers. So the international market is obviously even harder. So I've stuck to local. Um, you can you can have an agent here, yeah, definitely, absolutely, and I mean, how lovely to have an agent, uh, but I just um, don't know any, and um, the publisher, I, <laughs> you can see I'm very in self-publishing world here, um, the agents, yeah, I'm not too sure who they are, um, but um, in terms of the publishers, they have every now and then they open the doors. It's kind of like floodgates, I think, where they kind of like squeak them open a little bit and go, okay, you know, unsolicited manuscripts come. And then they give you a week and you've got to get your manuscript in, you know, the first three chapters. And so, and if you don't make it, you know, that's it. So, yeah, so it's quite a, it's really a bun fight, but um, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Um, it would be lovely to work with a publisher. Um, it really would be. I would love to have that experience uh, just to know for myself, you know. Um, so, yeah, we'll wait and see. But if not, you know, I'll do it my own way. So that's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I must say, yeah, the kids' books have been such a treat. They've been so, so nice to do. I, um, I must say, I had the most wonderful compliment from a 13-year-old. She said, oh, it's amazing. You so get 13-year-olds. And I went, Maybe <laughs> I was WhatsApping her and she said, you really get it. And I was like, wow. I said, maybe I'm a 13 year old trapped in like an, a plus 14 year old body. And she was like, yeah, that's quite hectic. You know, she was like, <laughs> very worried, very worried about this. No, no, my son is 12 and my daughter is 10. So, um, yeah, but but I do feel there's a huge part of me that is still very in teenage world, you know, um, and so maybe I just need to write that out of my system, I think, and um, I want to do, I'll, I'll grow up, then I'll be big, and I'll be able to make like adult decisions and stuff, so, you know that thing? I tell you, yeah, I'm waiting when they can drive them over. Yeah, it, it is. It, totally. That's exactly it. There's that meme that every now and then comes up and it'll be like, I don't know, like a cat, like lying on the floor, face down in the mud or something and says like, I don't want to adult today. And I promise you that is, I feel like that a lot. Very, very often on a Saturday morning, I'm just like, 
I don't have to adult. I don't have to make anyone school lunch. I don't have to drive anyone anywhere. I'm just going to stay in bed and not adult. Um, yeah. So it is. It is. Yeah. Every now and then you've got to give in to exhaustion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that is really classic. <laughs> Yes. Napping away. Yes. Oh, wow. That is amazing. I know. I like, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, no, getting up at four almost makes me queasy, just even the thought of it. Feels like it's, I'm getting up at five. An hour later, it's close to when the sun rises. Four o'clock is a dark, dark. No way. Oh, uh, no. Hmm. I know. Yeah. Oh, I think that's brilliant. It's a great idea. Yeah. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Mm. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll hopefully try, hopefully it won't change since I wrote them. Um, but yeah, essentially, I, I know, I know, it was long ago in my head. A lot happened. So I think the first that I can remember, like, as a career was definitely grew up on LA Law. You know, and LA Law seemed so like glamorous and they were solving problems and, you know, they were in the courtroom and it just seemed great. And I just thought, yeah, that's me. Definitely high powered lawyer. I mean, I couldn't be furthest from that. I mean, now that I know. Um, and then that kind of switched. I was like, no, no. No, I, I don't know about that. They seem to read a lot of documents. It looks very boring. Um, and then moved on to, I think, you know, um, what was it? Uh, I think being being a vet was a huge one. That's kind of what I left school wanting to do. I um, I even went to varsity with the thought that I would be a vet. I did a BSc, and I yeah. So obviously that didn't work out because 
yeah, I hadn't done science in high school. So that was tricky getting through science at varsity, but last time I'd done it was in standard seven. So it was interesting, but I passed, I passed um, by Fulk or by Crook, <clears throat> won't tell you anymore. Um, but I did manage to pass to second year and then kind of by then realized that I wasn't really veterinary material either. So um, yeah, it's changed a lot. And I think at some point, I think I probably wanted to be like MacGyver, be an investigator. And I see it in my daughter, I think at this age, at like 10, they're very curious and interesting and, you know, solving a mystery. In fact, you know, we're going to have a murder mystery birthday for her. So um, love that thing of being able to solve and try and figure out the whodunit. And I often will read a whodunit book and like, you know, I'm guessing who it, who it is, you know, way into it. So, so yeah, so it's changed a lot. And um, I probably still couldn't tell you exactly what I want to be. I'm not too sure about that. Yeah, it's evolving. <laughs> that, yeah, and that is all kind of, yeah, it's all, it's all in the mix. It's kind of like, I like to think of it as a, as a basket, a huge big basket that you kind of like, put things in that you collect and um, I always think of Dharma I don't know if you remember the series Dharma and Greg and she was so hilarious she was like hippie and but she'd done all these amazing things she'd been a um, a croupier and um, you know sailed around the world on yachts and all these amazing things and I was like oh that's cool you know trying lots of different things in life is just great because why not you know really like why would you have to stick to one thing? And I really believe that, you know, um, it's great to study and start somewhere, but then kind of like go, you know, just see where the road takes you. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, my parents are entrepreneurs. So I think that's part of the problem. Um, and I think it was, I think we always thought that I would be the one between my brother and I that would go out into the world and like, you know, because I, I, I wanted that. I wanted that corporate career and to kind of climb the corporate ladder. But I'm not, I'm actually, I'm not that person. It just looks very nice and it's very sparkly and shiny. But, you know, I I can't suck it up. And if you can't suck it up in corporate, you're dead in the water. So it, like that was never, ever going to be me. Yet my brother, who um, struggled academically, is amazing in corporate. He, like, water off a duck's back and he can just, and he's charming and he's great. And he works hard. Um, he's not a... Um, 
you know, let me take nothing away from him. He's not a, a, a you know, a smooth talker. He he actually really does does the work. And so it's interesting that we've come out of this very entrepreneurial family because, um, you know, my parents were uh, European immigrants. So, you know, you have to be entrepreneurial. And um, so they, they were, and they were very successful. And so, yeah, I suppose it's in the genes actually and can't can't really help ourselves and my husband is also an entrepreneur strangely enough even though he is you know he did a good solid degree like electrical engineering and then you can always have a job you know working in an engineering firm but he hasn't he's been in IT and he's owned he's on to his second business now and um yeah and he's also trying different things his businesses are bigger and more solid and all of that kind of thing but he is he's still an entrepreneur at the end of the day yeah or a, a small business owner no no he had an office um and now in COVID he does a few days here and a few days at the office um and it's actually quite nice I, I like it when he comes home for lunch and stuff and we can do a kind of midday catch up. Uh, but then we kind of fight for space around the house, you know, and like, I'm having a meeting, I'm in the bedroom and, um, you know, gets what? and then, Oh, you know, well, my Skype's more important. You have to fetch the children. Um, so, <laughs> so it's kind of like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, marriage, it's full of it. So, yeah, it's, um, but yeah, so I kind of, um, I kind of do end up coming out of an entrepreneurial spirit. And I, I suppose because I just, I like to work at my own pace. I find other people slow and I, things take too long and people are so iffy and wishy-washy and they don't want to make decisions and, oh, too frustrating. So then I just do everything myself and make it happen. But um, but at the same time, you know, there's a place for everything. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of, you got to do what's right for you, I think. Ah. Mm -hmm. I know. So that's, that's interesting that you say that. So I didn't feel that I felt, so there it is. That's the, there's the book, Libertalia, the end of an era. There we go. Um, and so I didn't because the girls matriculate. And so I, I do call the characters in the book, my kids, even though they are made up in my head. Um, but maybe, you know, that little bit of insanity is what helps with the creative process. But I, I felt like they were ready. They're ready for the next phase in their life. So it's quite exciting. They're going, the girls are going to varsity. The guys are already there. Um, you know, Mzi is already at UCT. Um, I don't want to give too much away about William because it will affect the story, but, but know that he will be around. And and I'm kind of like, I'm ready for them to, like they, they, they're all gonna end up in Cape Town and um, the next phase, they, they're, we're ready for the next phase of their, 
of their journey because I, I'm still hanging on to them. I'm not ready to, to let them go. And so I'm trying to think what that next iteration is. Um, but, but in terms of, of where they're at, I'm, I'm excited for them. But, but yeah, it's, it's so, so it wasn't a sad process. But in terms of the book itself, I think this might be my favorite one in my trilogy in the sense that I am... Um, they were all a little bit older, uh, slightly different things that I did. Um, there were two kind of distinct scenes. So there were the kids at Dayton College, uh, the school that all they, they've been to, and then um, there was William in Madagascar. And so there's kind of these two polarized uh, scenes and then kind of how the characters evolve in each of those. And, you know, at Dayton College, the girls' relationship as friends, you know, they've been friends since like, grade what is it it's grade eight and and now you know they're like now they're like they're going to go to varsity and what are they going to do and they're going to do different things and they want different things and how does that play into the friendship and affect the friendship and how they see each other so I kind of toyed with that a little bit that discomfort in a friendship that is so so bonded but also now it's now it's tricky you know oh but you want something else and I don't agree with how you think about things anymore you know that we grow up we change and so I'm kind of like planting just some naughty little relationship seeds there and um and then William in Madagascar how you know he sees his family and um who they are and what they're about and how he wants to take take his father down you know in terms of his business and how he evolves from a very self-absorbed brat into someone who has a real purpose and so there's there's that that's happening Z plays a much uh, lesser role in the book in this one um but that's I, I kind of think irrelevant it's it's fine you know he's studying hard he's busy and so, so that's okay so so yeah so and then I brought in like things like cryptocurrency you know and we were I was a bit worried like, to my husband about it and he was like mm, you know well kids of like 10 or 11 understand that so at the back of the book I just included like a one pager on like what is cryptocurrency wait there it is hold on yeah just so that just so that you know parents can read that because I don't think all parents know what cryptocurrency is and um and just but kids are quite accepting of it you know um kids play a lot of um stuff on screens you know children deal with things in video games like Fortnite um with v-bucks virtual money you know um and so so virtual money isn't actually a strange concept to them and so bring that into kind of the 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 greater scheme and the plot so yeah so I, I loved kind of doing this book it was it was lots of fun and I think I'd grown into my characters as well so that was quite cool I really knew who they are yeah and they're becoming more of themselves as well so yeah yes I do I do I do know them you know it's like <laughs> Mm. 
Exactly. And I think, and that's why often like a movie from a book can sometimes be so disappointing. I remember watching the first, um, what's it called? Uh, Oh, I can't think of the book now. Damn. Anyway, and the girl's eyes in the book were brown. And then on screen, she was like very blue eyed. And I was like, that's so wrong. Like it was a, it was a significant thing in terms of, yeah. And I was like, I don't even understand. I was like, okay, I'm leaving. I like walked out the cinema, you know, like I can't deal with this. I can't, I can't deal with how wrong this is. So, um, yeah, it's, it is very much, that is the magic of books, being able to transport yourself into your mind's reality. And so that's why also sometimes people say, well, how can you write a book that, you know, goes from like a 10 year old to like a 14 year old? And it's like, well, there are, our view on the world is based on our perception and what we are able to understand. So unlike a screen or a movie uh, where you are shown everything, you, you there is no imagination allowed. The music is given to you. So the sounds and then the visual is given to you and the words that are spoken. So you aren't allowed to create anything according to your own mind's ability to process stuff. Whereas in a book, a 10 year old will see something in a way that they can make sense of it as compared to like a 12 or 13 year old. And so that is the magic of books and, and being able to read, you go at your own pace and you create the reality according to what you can understand. Yeah. So. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so glad because, yay, because I have had a couple of moms who've read them and they were like, oh, I loved it. It was great. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Um, because I think we've all got that 13-year-old inside, right? And I think that you can slip into that without, so that's the thing about a book. You can slip into that emotional place that lives within you because you've been through that and and you can be there with them. And and that is so cool. Yeah. So oh yay, thank you. I'm glad. Yay. Mm, yeah, definitely. Like plan, I think start now, Lauren, make your, your holiday reading list, you know, and, and give yourself like the December holiday. What, that thing, it happened at Christmas time. Yeah, no, that's a good story. Mm. Mm hmm Entertained. Yeah.
I know, I know, but you've got to, you've got to, come on, you must. Buy yourself a Christmas read. Do that, make, make someone. Well, oh, there's so much great stuff. Where to start, swear to start. Um, okay, cool, I'll definitely send you that. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. <laughs> love you. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Okay, cool. No, there's definitely, and what, the nice thing is that within the South African context, there's a lot of great fiction that is out there that isn't political because, yeah, um, you know, without offending political or, um, I don't know what you call it, writing, but it's, it's very tedious and it's very depressing. So, um, but there are lots of South African authors out there who are writing great stories set locally and um, interesting characters that we can relate to. So, so yeah, there's, there's definitely that. And then obviously all the international stuff is, is great too. So there's, there's so much, there really is. Ah. I love it. That's classic. Ah. They might just, we'll just have to censor which ones those are. But um, yeah, yeah. No, definitely not mine. Oh, sweet. That's so cute. Such a nice age when they learn to read. Jack runs down the road um so great that's brilliant that's great so, like, okay cool mm, i wouldn't be surprised Oh, cool. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that is great. And I think, you know, that's just something, you know, for moms out there to remember that just trying to find something that works for your particular child. And I know my son, uh, he's an avid reader, but he loved to read, um, what you call it, uh, comics. So, you know, your classics like um, Tintin or um, Asterix and Obelix, 
And and even kind of like now there's also lots of graphic novels and or if your kid likes superheroes, you know, just go for the traditional Marvel and DC comics. And those are a great way to get a kid, especially a boy, reading, you know, where it's very age appropriate and it's fun and there's kapow and all of that kind of stuff, you know. And um, my daughter's uh, not a keen reader at all. Um, so her uh, is a struggle, but um, I'm thinking, you know, girly magazines and stuff will probably be our next port of call. But, you know, it's just about keeping keeping trying on and, and aiming to just get them interested, you know. So, no. Hmm. Hmm. Your books are a dream. Mm. Yeah, exactly. But still, uh, but you you still want that process of um, imagining yourself, and so an audiobook does that. So we love audio. Well, car trips with audiobooks are a win. Um, I've also I did. I don't know if I told you. I did after you died. I've created the audiobook. And um, so that is available. Mm, I know. Yeah. No, I actually, I don't. Um, but I got a lovely woman called Debbie Hawkins to do it. Yeah, I, I don't have a studio. And she, in lockdown, actually, has a studio at home. Her husband is um, a sound engineer. And so he produced it and she read it. And so it's fantastic. Yeah, I've, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, so um, that is available. And I've got a, the first chapter is free, but I'll give you the details of that. So if people want to kind of go, mm, I don't know if I want to listen to this as an audio book, I've got it available for free on my PayHip account. And um, so, yeah, I'll send you all the details about that. But yeah, it's um, cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Oh, but that's divine, yeah. Mm, hard. Mm. 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 I know and you've got to you've got it so um in this last book that I this adult one that I've I've just done um it at one point I wanted to throw in the towel I was done with it I'd gotten it back from my editor again and she'd made a whole lot more changes. And I was like, I said to my husband, I was like, I'm done. I'm done with the stupid book. I don't even think I wrote it anymore. Um, and he was like, if you just feel like that today, go to bed, go sleep. And tomorrow, try again, you know, and have a look at it. And I did. I just put it away, I think maybe for two days. Had lots of tea in between. And then went back to it and I went, oh, oh, yeah. It's not so bad. She's right. That sentence could be better. Um, you know, and, and so 
it sometimes you just need to step away from it you're so close to it it's like it's like you've got this fifth arm coming out of oh no wait we've only got two arms okay third arm coming out of you you know that um or fifth limb rather and you you kind of like it's so close you can't see the wood from the trees and you do need to sometimes just give yourself a bit of space not too much space that you never go back but you also can't get too precious so i mean I've had precious beaten out of me by being in marketing. So working with clients where you think something's so fantastic and you send it to them and they're like, I hate it. It's terrible. Why did you send it? You haven't thought about this. You haven't thought about this. You haven't thought about that. Um, and so I've done that. I've done that for so long. It's been beaten right out of me, you know, like that attachment to your work. And so, yeah, so it, it doesn't, it still stings. Um, but okay. totally, totally, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely, exactly, exactly, and um. And so it's it's very tricky. It's very tricky, but but if you want to put a decent piece of, you know, to put a good product out there, you actually have to be willing to accept the criticism and rework it and rework it and rework it and mold it and fix it. And and it's okay. It is still yours. It's so yours, you know, no one could have ever done it you know, the way that you can. And, and that editing process, as hard as it is, um, there are parts of it that get better, you know, so sometimes so I try and self edit a bit. Um, and then I always think, oh, I've self edited this so brilliantly. I am amazing. And then I send it to the editor and it comes back red, you know, where there's like, you can't, you can't even see which words were real before that it's been so changed. And you're like, Oh my God, someone's track changes. I can't, it looks, it just looks terrible. Um, and I, uh, <laughs> you know, and you're like, ah, oh, okay, maybe didn't self-edit so good then. So <laughs> it's been a learning process and hopefully, hopefully I will get better one at writing. So, so, you know, that thing of Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours, the dude is so right you have to, you got to go back and go back and go back, you know, like, for example, my son turns around and he says, oh, I want to be a tennis champ. I'm going to play at Wimbledon one day. But then when I say, okay, well, don't you want to go practice some tennis today? I'll take you down to the court. Nah. And I'm like, wah, ha, ha. So never going to Wimbledon. I, I say that inside my head. I'm not a totally horrible mother. Um, but because I'm, I'm as a parent looking at it going, Practice makes perfect, buddy. So best you get on the court. Um, and then we don't like it when we hear it back at ourselves. If you want to write, best you write and write and rewrite and rewrite and write and write again. You know, not just the drivel in your journal. No, it's stuff that you can give to someone that they can crit and then you can learn. Oh, I know for this past book, um, I've got a whole lot of beta readers. And thank goodness... Thank goodness my beta readers are better in English than me because they were like, you can't put a thing like, um, you know, like leave at at the end of a sentence. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes.
Yes. All that, that hanging word. I don't know what that word is called or a conjunction or whatever it is. Yeah. And don't leave that at the end. They had they past participles hanging. No, have to rewrite the whole sentence. But it's but when you look at it and you stand back and you read and you go, okay, well, it is a shitty sentence. Rework it. Come on, make it better. And and you've got to do it. You have to Mm, yeah, you see, I'm, mm, oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, a lot of rubbish. Yeah. Mm. Mm. We do. We speak very badly and uh, we swallow words and yeah, so it is, it's, it's very tricky. And, and uh, but hopefully that's why there are those people who've gone to varsity and studied English and they know what they do. And those are the people who get involved in your project. No, oh no, I've, I've warned my children. I said to them, ah, when you children go to university, I'm going to go do um, a degree in English and um, history of art, and I'm going to do all the things that I should have done at varsity instead of science. And uh, I, no, I, yes, I finished it. Oh yeah, I did honors. I mean, in physiology. Yeah, and it worked out. It worked out. It was part of the part of the process. I would never have gotten into healthcare advertising if I hadn't had it. So you know, which was where I kind of learned all my marketing. So so yeah, it was it was good. But um, yeah, I've warned my children, I'm going back to university. I will be studying English. See you on campus. And they're like horrified, horrified. They're at 10 and 12, they know that that's not cool. And, you know, they are mortified. I'm like, come on, it'll be such fun. We'll hang out at lunchtime. And they're like, no way. No way. Why, do we have, why did we get the crazy mother? So, but oh, I'd love to go back to varsity. I'm sure it would be such a different experience though. Maybe it would taint my memories of, you know, when I was 20. So, but yes, oh, if I could, I would. And then also there's a part of me that wonders, would it put me off because I would realize how little I know? Um, so there's, there is a part of me that is fearful that it would be, don't you know that that's how a sentence goes or, haven't you read that book? Oh, I, I, I was reading in December a book by, oh gosh, a woman who died, African-American lady, um, but uh, hugely influential. And I had never read. No. Mm. No, so I, I'll, I'll tell you. And I had never read one of her books and I found it so eye-opening. I really felt like I had real insight into um, African-Americans, the struggle, how they are treated. Um, and, and I was just like, oh, my goodness. I've, and you know, I was chatting to a woman on the beach about this and she said, haven't you read those? And I was like, um, no. And she said, oh, well, I read them at varsity. I did English as a major. Haven't you read them? You write books. And I was just like, uh, no. So, so, you know, so maybe I won't go back to varsity because people will laugh at me and be like, oh, you're like 50 and haven't read this. You know, I'm like, 
I, I read and read, you know, it was good, I think. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, there is always that fear of looking like a twit. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm sure everyone feels that. But the important thing is if you really want to write a book, you better write it. Otherwise, it ain't happening. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, and that's okay. Like is my theory, you know, it's it's okay if you haven't, um, unless it is a real burning kind of issue that you really want to you really want to do. But but it'll come the time your son is quite young, you know. My kids, uh, my second, yeah. So she was about what's it, four years now. So she was about six, six or so when I started writing. But um, yeah, it's because I had a burning story that I had to get out that I think really came from um, I'd lost a friend. And, you know, you kind of bury that stuff. And then and then I think the story came from that the book is completely nothing about my friend who passed away. Um, you know, he was a guy and in the book it's a girl. Um, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I think writing the book was a form of therapy in its own way because I have used writing as my own kind of psychotherapy my entire life. I've always been journal. Yeah, there was a huge process that that went into that, plus all the ability to be creative and just to allow the words to flow and to create characters and to, there's no one sitting behind you with a big stick going, that character can't have, you know, blue eyes. You know, it doesn't matter. Like nobody cares. You know, you can do whatever you like. It doesn't matter in a book. Um, and some people like it and some people don't. And that's also fine, you know? So yeah, it's, it's a tricky one writing. Um, but if you just, Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so thanks for well, I think then you just sit on that. I kind of think of like, you know, you totally, well, and that, and that's exactly what happened with the first book was that I had the idea and I've told the story a thousand times and people are so bored, but I had the idea while I was jogging and then, and then from there it sat and it sat and it sat and the story grew and the characters kind of popped into my head and, 
and then I couldn't hold it in my head anymore. I, I wanted to, I wanted to make it come alive. I wanted to see it, you know, for real. And, and then, so then I started and I think that might be your process too, where you're basically kind of adding to your pile of knowledge and information, you know, so, you know, maybe it'll be a kind of a self-help book or a, um, you know, something that is possibly going to be life-changing. So whenever or whatever that is, it's going to be super exciting. So don't put a, I almost want to say, don't put a timeline to your, your book. It'll come, you know, it will just keep, keep filling the basket with your experiences um, and with your knowledge. But I mean, maybe you want to take it one step further and push yourself and, you know, get a notebook that is just for ideas about my book. And you just, and you just jot them down and it doesn't have to be in order. Don't, don't pressurize yourself. Don't give yourself a contents. Don't do any horribly structured things, but just put it down. Have you read, um, What's his name's book? Geez, I'm fantastic with names today. Um, but no, um, it's the War of Art. Um, not so not the so not the um, what's it? Not the Chinese uh, general. That's the Art of War. Um, this is the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. There we go names do eventually come to me and um and it's a fantastic book where he talks about his journey about how he would go and work 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 make money and then hate it leave it and then decide to write right 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 become poor 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 uh, you know like living out of his car kind of thing and then script and go back to work and work, 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 work. I mean, he has been on a journey, but it's beautiful in the sense that he talks about the muse, he talks about um, what is holding you back, all of this. It's fantastic. And it's a thin little book. And um, a lot of people read it like on an annual basis just to remind themselves about it. So, yeah, it's the thing that it's something that'll help push that ego aside so that you can step through and create and yeah mm, go for it oh, yeah yeah exactly yeah 5 a.m in, in bed you know and then then I get so cross with my children if they wake up early come through hi mom I'm like why aren't you still sleeping go back to bed not time yet go back to bed which parent says that um so you know <laughs> so I was like I'm busy go back to bed um yeah so you do you do have to squeeze it in and around your life you know and sure absolutely you know if they have that privilege of being able to write nine to five but even those people who live off their writing don't write like a full day you know those kind of um tortured artist vibes are no not true like most people they will work like write for four hours a day or whatever and then they kind of need to do the business of books the marketing and all of that kind of stuff they have to yeah so you know it's it's not all kind of yeah in a cabin you know somewhere that would be great but yeah not true
Oh, totally. I'm waiting for someone to be my, my what, do you, what do you call it? My patron. You know, so even though I have a Patreon account, which, yeah. Um, uh, I, I would love that. I, I, the idea of a patron, of someone saying, oh, Mel, I've got a, a cabin in France. You should go right there for six months. And I would be like, yeah, I'm on a plane tomorrow. Don't hold back, you know, and all expenses paid. So, uh, yeah, who doesn't have that delusion? But, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, really? Oh, I love the fish farm. Okay. All right. I'm going to look that one up. I'll Google it. Um, writer's receipt. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Good question. I always type kind of um you know straight onto my laptop uh but sometimes when i am kind of brainstorming something or an early start to an idea or i'm researching then i'll kind of maybe sit on my laptop and research stuff and then write in a notebook and see how things link or if i want to kind of because i'm a um I, I don't plan my books so much. There's a little bit of planning, but not a hell of a lot. Characters pop up out of the random all the time. And so I then I will kind of sit with paper and try and think about how the story connects or flows or, you know, um, but I don't necessarily stick to that original picture. Um, I write, I hand write journals um, and I hand write... Um, Sometimes if I, I did a process of working on characters, so in the second adult book, um, I got feedback from beta readers around how they felt the characters weren't um, round enough, if you want to put it that way. And so I needed to work on them. And I listened to a stunning podcast and they interviewed an author whose name obviously I can't remember. And she was talking about how she writes these amazing books that take like two or three years to write but she would put up these like posters up in her room and then put the character in the center and then like cut out things from magazines and really draw into who that character is so that she knows them like a person as you say you know it's taken me three books to do that and um and she would she does this kind of whole process and i I loved that and so I didn't do that process but what I did was I wrote I wrote into each character and what was what was driving them and what was kind of um what's their kind of their their main goal like what do they what are they like lusting after what are they wanting in life and then and how is that being stuffed up and and so it really helped with this particular book because um the characters are difficult and unpleasant people to be honest I don't like any of them and and so I had to then kind of pull them apart a little bit and dig a little bit deeper into them and and learn about them and that process I did on paper um because it felt like it needed that and then I could write once I'd done that and I knew them better then I could write that in back into the the book but that was just 
typing. But for the most part, I go straight onto the laptop and try and let it flow out of my fingers. My I'm a three three finger typer, pretty bad. But um, you know, self it's all right. It does. It works. It works good enough. I keep on telling my children, you need to learn to type. That's my scar. Um, so, so yeah, it's um, so that's yeah, that's kind of what I do. Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Your target market, you got to know who you're speaking to. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing. Cheers, man. Thank you. Mm, I will keep you posted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> cool stuff. Alrighty. <laughs>